TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Anytime that I can get Kyle Powell to join me as a co-host in studio, I dangle the ability to talk to him in front of our own Paul Hamilton. Because uh, that's the only way he'll agree to uh, join my show here at this point, is uh, if I can get Kyle Powell to uh, to be the one ha- helping ask questions to one Mr. Hamilton. Good morning, Paul. I was wondering why you were even talking. I thought Kyle was just going to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> No. Nice to talk to you too, there's, Paul. There's a tear here, Paul, and in terms of microphone standard, he is oh my god, head and shoulders above me right now. So I know where I stand. <laughs> happy New Year, guys! Yes, happy, yes, uh, happy, New happy New Year. Does that mean the Sabers are going to turn it around? Who knows? At hey, some there. point, maybe. That's the thing. They 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 tantalize you for a couple of games, and then the Boston game happens, or. We can name probably ten other games that happened the last time they faced Columbus. Yeah, yeah, you know, after and then after Columbus, they do the same thing to the Toronto Maple Leafs and make you think, oh, wow, you know, pretty good. And then they go out in New York, play the best team in the NHL, had three great opportunities to beat him in overtime, played a really good game. And you know, even if the Sabers were like in first place in the division, if they played the Toronto Maple Leafs at home and went to New York. And played the Rangers and got three out of four points. I'd say good job. That's a good job, even if you're a good team. Yep, that's a good job. You know, and but then you come home and play the Boston Bruins, and uh, you have another stinker. So that's their season right there. We just described the whole season in what thirty seconds. So um, that's that's what you get with this team. But you also can't, if you're going to be a playoff team, you can't lose 15 out of 22 games which is what they've done you know they've lost four out of five and 15 out of 22 so um that can't happen if you're going to be a good team make the playoffs you said happy new year paul that's not making me feel happy (laughs) you had you didn't have that stat did you no i did not oh that hit me that hit me where i live all right, Paul. Um, so let's look into what has been going wrong for this team. Obviously, their inconsistencies, and of course, it seems like not. I, I, when I say the word unwillingness, just incapability of winning back-to-back games for this team has been an impossible challenge this year. Well, it's it's pretty really pretty simple. You know the 
the game plan that Don Granado puts out when they play it correctly and play it hard and f- find themselves playing with pace and speed and defend well, they normally win. And they're a good team when they do it. So you, you see what they're capable of at times, and you've seen it against really good teams. I mean, they took three out of four points in Madison Square Garden. They won in Boston. They they won. Uh, they beat the Colorado Avalanche four to nothing here. Uh, they beat the Vegas Golden Knights when they were the number one team in the NHL. So they've shown us what they can do when they do it, but they hardly ever do it, and that's the problem right there. It's just, and, and that's why this team is not a good hockey team, and that's why this team is broken. They they just don't do what their coach wants them to do. The compete thing, I, I can't stand hearing that from a professional sports team, that they don't compete hard enough. And I hear it game after game after game that they lose. That, to me, is not a coaching thing. That is an individual flaw. If you can't compete hard enough in the National Hockey League, the best league there is, and you're not capable of competing hard enough or you don't have the intestinal fortitude to compete hard enough, you don't belong here. And that's what Kevin Adams has to figure out. Is it the coaches aren't getting across to this team and they need to make a coaching change or the players are not willing to do what they're asked to do? There really are no consequences for it because that's what Don Granado believes in. I respectfully disagree with that philosophy, but that is his philosophy. And um, then then he has to identify who these players are that aren't competing hard enough and move them on because you can't – can you imagine if this team got into the playoffs somehow? And let's see, they, they don't handle pressure well, and that's their coach says that all the time. That you know gives reasons why they aren't handling pressure well. They don't compete hard enough. I, I just can't imagine when with the pressure of the playoffs on this group what would happen to them. Um, so that's really it in a nutshell. I mean, they have to figure out what this problem is because this team is broken and then this is not a good team. No matter how much they want to stomp their feet and tell us that they are, both players, coaches, and general manager, they are not. And they have to come to terms with that and fix it. Paul, I think one of the things that deflated me the most about Wednesday night's game was the state of the penalty kill, which for the most part this season has been adequate, if not consistently pretty decent uh, for the Sabres. And to implode and to allow three in one night, and that kind of be the damning force that just drives you to a loss. You know, we say that they, they, they build these new ways and find these new ways to to lose games a lot. It really hasn't been because of the penalty kill that often. So my question to you is, was it, did you notice something different happening when they were defending the man advantage against Boston Wednesday night, or was that just a product of Boston is good and they got their chances and they capitalized on them? Well, as you know, the power play has been bad all year. The penalty kill, as you mentioned, was very good yeah. up until the last seven games. They've given up a power play goal in seven consecutive games, killing just 14 of 22 penalties. That's 63.6%. Good teams are up near 90. And Sabres were, too, 
for some of the year when they and in the penalty kill situation, they started losing their best penalty killers: Greenway, uh, Thompson, Tuck, Samuelson. Uh, we're, we're we're all all out of the lineup, and they were having guys killing penalties that hadn't been killing penalties before. But everybody's back now, you know. So and Zemkis Gergensen's has a chance to be back after missing 16 games too. Who's a penalty killer? So there's no excuse anymore for the penalty kill to be operating in seven games at a 63.6 percent place. Plus, they're not getting the goaltending they were getting earlier in the year. You know, Uko Pekalukinen comes into this game with six straight losses. He got sick, and he hasn't been the same since. He was really good until then. And now now he hasn't been able to find his game again. Uh, you know, Devin Levi has, had been winning, but I don't know. I wouldn't say he's been great in net recently, the last couple of times out. He's been okay. He's made big saves at times during games, but hasn't been able to like put a full game together where he's been really good. It's been you know good in spurts up during the game. So that uh, the Leaf game would be a good example. He let in two goals he should have, let in three, and then he did shut the door after that. He made some good saves after that. But, you know, he had already let in three before the third one wasn't his fault, before he got his game and, and, and started playing well. But very often your best penalty killer is your goaltending, and you need a big save from your goaltenders, and that hasn't been happening either. So the combination of the whole thing, uh, has really brought that penalty killing down. But, I mean, the Bruins, they were three for four officially, but that last power play I think was for 30 seconds at the end of the game. Uh, they, they, they got a, So they pretty much scored three power play goals in, I think, a five minutes and some much, five minutes and change of power play time. And the Sabres had over nine minutes of power play time and went over six and did have a short, five on three for 27 seconds where they got the puck off the face off. So they had the full 27 seconds and did all they did is kill the penalty for the Bruins. They passed around the perimeter, the whole 27 seconds, never got the puck inside, never tried a shot, nothing. So the Bruins, they, the Bruins did not kill that penalty. The Sabres killed it for them, the five on three. So you just can't be this bad at special teams and expect to win hockey games. Paul Hamilton. Uh, oh, wow, there we go. Robbery can make make fun of me for that one. Paul <laughs> Hamilton joining us on the Wester Hotline. Um, Paul, of course, you mentioned the two goaltenders, and then there's the third who has not been playing much in this season. It seems like in Eric Comrie, yet they are still holding on to three goaltenders. What do you think is going on with that situation? And honestly, what would you do at this point um, with the fact that the Sabers are still holding on to three goaltenders? I would never have started the season with three goaltenders. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, this is a huge weakness of Kevin Adams. He gets tied in with these players, and he it, it makes it difficult for him to make tough decisions, and he puts them off and puts them off and puts them off. And, you know, it, Eric Comrie is a great guy. He really is. He's a good teammate. He's a great person, and I wouldn't want to have to – put him on waivers or trade him either. But sometimes you have to make decisions on their play. And the simple fact is, and there are maybe there are circumstances, but the bottom line is, since Eric Comrie has been a Buffalo Sabre, he has not performed. And well at all, he started this season off pretty good, 
but that went away, and now he. I talked about Lucan, and Comrie has lost his last five games that he's taken decisions in to a point where I, I don't think they're even comfortable of putting him into a game right now with the way he's been playing. In my mind, and I would sure, I'm sure Kevin Adams, if he was sitting here talking with us, would vehemently disagree. I don't see the difference between him or Dustin Tokarski as the third goaltender. You know, he's playing in Rochester. And I, from the performances I've seen from Eric Comrie, he should be better. I mean, on paper, he's a better goalie. But the performances tell us differently. And so if you waive him and lose him on waivers, which I don't think you would, all right, Dustin Tokarski's your third guy if you get injuries. So what? I, I don't see what the problem is there as far as the difference between the two of them. And sitting here hoping that all of a sudden Eric Comrie is going to become Eric Comrie again when he's not playing. Uh, and then, you know, you sign two veterans to be Rochester's goaltenders. Um, you know, Cooley a, a, was a veteran uh, with Milwaukee, uh, a top AHL goalie. So you got those two there. And what are you going to do, add Comrie to the mix there? And then what do you do with the third guy down there? Um, and, and that's what you do if you have to. But, uh, you know, the, the, the big club is the, the one that uh, matters the most. But I, I, the, 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 turning yourself inside out to, to save him on the roster and not have to make a tough decision is just getting to a point. And you know what he's doing, too? you got two young goaltenders who all of a sudden aren't playing quite as well as they were, and they're not getting the practice time because there's three goalies. So you have to all. There was one practice where Comrie basically sat on the bench for most of the practice, because it was to the point where they, we got to get these two kids work, you know. And and Comrie just sat over there. He got in a little bit of practice, but not much. But you're hurting your two young goaltenders from a practice standpoint. Make a decision and just do it, and let the cards fall where they may. Speaking of Kevin Adams. Um, do you see personally any writing on the wall where on instance like tonight, Don Grano can't coach uh, the Sabres announced about an hour ago, uh, illness. So is there anything to the pet, to the fact that Seth Appert is getting tabbed from Rochester as the head coach tonight, as opposed to somebody already sitting here in Buffalo, normally coaching the bench? Matt Ellis has never been a head coach in the AHL or the NHL. I would rather a guy who has some head coaching experience take it over. So I would have done the same thing. I wouldn't have thrown Matt Ellis or, or and any of the assistants into that spot um, and, and have them do that. So, and you know, the, Seth Appert does know a bunch of these guys. He's had them in Rochester, so they aren't totally unfamiliar to him. Plus, you know, he, you know, they, they've seen him around in training camp and he goes on the road trips in training camp. So he has a big part of you know, being in the locker room, so it's he's not unfamiliar to really anybody in the organization as far as players go. All three goaltenders have played for him, so um, I would have done the same thing. I don't think I would have put Matt Ellis or anybody on the coaching staff in into that spot. Uh, I, I think I definitely, uh, you know. Now, you can also say um, uh, Jason Christie was a coach down in the East Coast League, but again, you know, he's, you know, I think he's considered, uh, 
you know, when you're looking at the assistants, you know, Matt Ellis and Marty Wilford, I think are a little bit ahead of Jason, you know, when you have a, the, the rankings of assistant coaches, and I'm not trying to put Jason Christie down as a, as an assistant coach. I'm just telling you how kind of they rank. Uh, and, you know, he certainly has a say in the coaching room, just like anybody else does, but I, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, um, we mentioned though more with um, with Kevin Adams and um, and the roster uh, mismanagement, so to say. Like he finally was willing to get um, Jacob Bryson waived. It took a little while last year with Casey Fitzgerald doing this sort of thing. Is this kind of a holding pattern with Adams possibly playing it too safe? Um, something that could end up haunting him in the end uh, as a Sabres general manager. Obviously, probably not at the end of this year, but a seat warming up after this year if the failures continue. This is game number 38. I wanted to give it about a half a season, so I kept fairly quiet about this. But I'm willing to say it now. He made huge mistakes in the offseason. You know, he you know, he had a bunch of kids who had career years and he's thinking, "All right, this is basically the team's going to win for us." And they're just going to get better. And when they get better, well, look out. We're going to be really, really good. That's true when those young kids do get better. But that this team was screaming for a top-four defenseman. That didn't get done. He basically, what he did is he strengthened the bottom, like the last, the number five, six, and seven. You know, he, he looked to strengthen that. He put a bunch of veterans in Rochester just for the just-in-case. So he did all that. But he didn't do anything really to help the roster. Yes, Eric Johnson, I think, is a excellent, excellent, excellent penalty killer. He's a, even a better leader. But the time has come, and the Avalanche saw that. They weren't interested in, in re-signing him. And, uh, you know, it's just he's having trouble in the NHL now. And it, it, that's, that's just a fact. And, again, a, a fantastic individual, a, a, a just a, a Class A teammate, and a top-flight leader. Uh, and, and players follow him in, in the locker room, and they listen to him, and they talk to him. So I, don't, I wouldn't say it's a wasted year to have him around because of that. And then uh, Clifton was r- r- not good either until the Boston game in Boston. And he's been much, much better since. We've seen a better Connor Clifton. But again, he's your third-pair guy you're not signing him to put him in the top four. So, you're right, you did that. You did nothing for your forwards. You re-signed Tyson Jost, who is an extra part. You you, you kept Olafson, And I understand there was no market for Olafson in the trade. I still would have waived him. I just don't see the point of running him through the lineup here. I, I, I just don't see it. And, you know, so I think... I think Kevin Adams did a fantastic job of drafting and developing and getting to the organization to this year. I think he did a really good job, and I like his plan. But I think he showed being an inexperienced GM in this last offseason. He, he, he overestimated what he was going to get out of young players, didn't take into account that these were career years, and there probably is going to be regression. Now, I never would have dreamed all of them would regress. Most of them have except Paterka. Most of the team has regressed except for Paterka and a few others. You could count on one hand how many. 
and he wasn't thinking that there was going to be that kind of regression and an experienced GM might have been ready for that and would have planned, all right, well, if this happens, we need to get better. He felt they were going to get better just by just rolling out the same guys because they're young and they're going to get better. And he made a major error. Now, do I think he should be fired for it? Look at this firing coaches and firing GMs since Lindy Ruff. My question is, how'd that work for you? And we can just keep going, whether it's Regeer, whether it's Murray, whether it's Bottrell, whether it's, you know, Lindy Ruff, whether it's Bilesma, whether it's Housley, whether it's Kruger. Uh, I'm missing one there. Um, Ralston. None of all they do is fire coaches. So that doesn't work. As again, I'll just keep saying, how's that? How's that work for you? So I don't mind them giving Adams one more chance, one more off season to fix the problem that he had. He's a young GM. I don't. I think overall, he's a he's a good GM. He's changed the culture of the team, which absolutely had to be done. There are free agents who want to come here. I don't know if they do anymore, but they did last off season, and um, so yeah, I think you know he deserves a, another off season to fix it and learn from your mistakes and fix it. But everybody keeps thinking, let's fire somebody, and when we fire everybody, off to the playoffs we go because the St. Louis Blues fired their coach in January, and they were the worst team in the NHL. And they won the Stanley Cup. You know how many times that's happened in the NHL? Once. Once. The St. Louis Blues. It doesn't happen every year, folks. <laughs> that that you fire the coach and, and off you go. So, you know, I, I just, I that's what I just look at. It's like, when does this, when do, when do they just learn that sometimes you just got to let it go for a little bit longer? Because this firing of everybody has been a colossal failure through this whole run of 12 now going on 13 years of no playoffs. Paul, to even uh, help reinforce your point there, there have been two coaching firings in the Central D- Division this year. Uh, St. Louis, as already mentioned, doing it again. Uh, and Minnesota, guess what? They're sixth and seventh in the Central. So Minnesota got better. Yes, they theirs. have gotten better. They're on a torrid uh, streak right Ottawa's now. Ottawa is maybe a better example where, you know, Jacques Martin hasn't really gotten them rolling yet. Mm-hmm. The Sabres get to see him tomorrow. You might get a little bump out of it, but that doesn't fix the flaws of the team. Does anybody really think this team is a Stanley Cup contender this year? Does anybody really think that this team is going to make the playoffs this year? I'm not saying it's impossible. It's happened, but in order to do that, they're going to have to go on probably a double-figure winning streak. Anybody see that coming? Never say never, but is it, does anybody see that coming? Mm. No. <laughs> At least that's, not over here. That's one person's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> one with a blue mic, Kyle. <laughs> Paul, uh, of course um, – Game today, 5 o'clock against Columbus. We will be hearing from you and uh, and from Brian as well during pregame and post. Uh, of course, Happy New Year to you as well. 
Thanks and to you and all the listeners. And it's a weird time, so Brian and I will be coming at you at 4 o'clock. It's not often we have a pregame show at 4 o'clock, but uh, that's that's what it is today. Hey, man, you got to keep it weird before the end of the year. <laughs> and then for any Sabre fans, tomorrow, of course, the Buffalo Bills will be playing, so we will be over on WBEN for a 6 o'clock face-off, 5 o'clock pregame against the Ottawa Senators. See, unconventional, unconventional scheduling to end the year. That's how it's got to be. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Enjoy your weekend and your new year, and I'm sure you guys will be, like, flying to New York City so you can be in the middle of Times Square and be with all those millions of people. Paul, oh yeah, you know us. That ain't us. Well, with the cash you guys have, I, I just <laughs> assume you'll be, you, know, you, you would <laughs> be there in no time. Just because we work other jobs outside of radio does not mean we're flush with cash. You can get rooms for, like, $600, $700 a night. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's Paul, just that's just pocket change in your wallet uh, hang on do i even have change in my wallet <laughs> you don't have seven seven hundred in your wallet i have 21 dollars in my wallet <laughs> that's more cash than most people your age carry that is true so i guess i am kind of weird I have one dollar. Kyle's one dollar. There, there it is. you go. There it's it is. That's, that's my Kyle, Kyle is exactly what I'm talking about. And most people his age have one or no dollars in their in their wallet. Evan is showing us a blank wallet. Yep, you were yep. just nailing this yep. trope right now. There we are. <laughs> Wait, Paul, how much money do you have in your wallet then? Uh, well, I'm older, so I I have like you know 15 grand in my wallet. You know, I'm an old guy. <laughs> All right, Paul, maybe I'll uh, I'll see you later. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, thank you as always and uh and thank you of course for some laughs and chaos to end the segment. Well, thank you for having me. Paul Hamilton everyone on the West Her Hotline Sabers Columbus tonight and then as Paul made mention, they do also play tomorrow against Ottawa on New Year's Eve at 6 p.m. Oh, boy, that game's going to be going on when I'm doing the overtime show. That's going to be fun. Hey, yeah, it could who be. Would you rather, who would you rather listen to, the Sabres or me? <laughs> Don't answer that. Depends on the outcome Don't of the Don't answer game. that. <laughs> oh, God, if they lose, I'm going to kick Geary in the shin. I didn't know you got tabbed with the last overtime show of the calendar year. I mean, I'm more – Nate asked. I said, Sure. And if the Bills decide to make my life a nightmare, um, I'm kicking Nathan Geary in the shin. I think that's my promise, my solemn vow, my New Year's resolution. I don't think that counts. (laughs) It'd be on New Year's Eve that I'd be making such a a resolution. As long as you did it after midnight. You don't have to do anything else the rest of the year. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you do your resolution at like Mm 12.01, that's it. You're yeah, done. but he's not going to be here for me to do that. I'd have to find him. I think you, I think you could do it. All right. Well, speaking of kicking everyone in the shin, that's kind of what we're doing with the rest of this segment. Uh, let's take a break. Come on back. Uh, I think I've got some last words on the Sabres here before we put them to bed for all of 2023. Derek, Kyle. We're here with you for the next couple hours here on Sports Talk Saturdays. We keep going here on WGR. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.